Warning, this issue features potential spoilers. You've been warned. Hey Lance, you ready to talk about a female arachnid-themed hero? <gasps> Spider-Gwen? Spider-Girl? Spider-Woman? No, so- no, 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 it's Black Widow. Oh good, I've learned a lot when I researched about Black Widow. Did you? Yeah, I found it on the web. On the web. I heard you. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today we're talking about Black Widow. Now, Black Widow, there's been a couple different versions of Black Widow, but we're talking about the sort of definitive version of Black Widow, which is Natasha Romanoff. Um, I think you're going to mention some of the other versions of Black Widow. Yeah, some of the versions that definitely apply to this Black Widow. Absolutely. So we thought this would be fun because of the movie coming up and we're excited to get get into it. There's a lot of information, a lot of stuff I learned about Black Widow that I didn't know about. Same. And some really interesting, some good and some not so good things about her past uh, and also just the the way that she's written. Um, there's definitely been some uh, ups and downs in her comics history, which we'll we'll get into. So uh, let's get started. Black Widow, a.k.a. Natasha Romanoff, is a super spy, trained assassin, long-standing Avenger, and keeper of many personal secrets. Black Widow was trained as an assassin for the Soviet Union and initially was a villain, facing off against Tony Stark, Iron Man. Realizing she was brainwashed, she quickly turned to the side of good and has faced off against many villains ever since. Black Widow fights for the greater good, but she often fights to atone for the sins of her past one which she keeps very hidden. Her powers and abilities include superhuman agility, speed and endurance, expert in many forms of martial arts, including Aikido, Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, Karate, boxing, and she's also a skilled gymnast to the point where if she wanted to compete in the Olympics, she would be better than a gold medalist. (laughs) That's how good she is. Um, This is all part of official Marvel. Yeah, comics. (laughs) Um, She is an expert in espionage. She is one of the greatest covert skilled assassins in the world, trained in covert operations, infiltration, stealth, and assassination from both Russian, U.S., and S.H.I.E.L.D. intelligence. She also, and this is one thing I didn't know, has a slowed aging, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, I had no clue about this one before. Yeah, so this is really interesting. It kind of gives her like, oh, she is kind of a superpower thing, but but, you know, it's not always apparent. But in the comics, she has slowed aging thanks to a variant of the super soldier serum that she was once given by the Russians. And she ages at an incredibly slow rate, much like Captain America. This also gives her an improved immune system and enhanced durability. So we'll we'll get into kind of where that happens and why that's important later. Her costumes, like any good spy, uh, help her become a better assassin and agent. Uh, Over the years, this has kind of morphed, but she's never without a few trusty weapons and gadgets. Most notably, Black Widow has 
worn a black Kevlar bodysuit with two wrist bracelets that fire the Widow's Bite, a high-frequency electrostatic bolt with a range of 20 feet and 30,000 volts. Jeez. This could take down a superhuman villain. They also act as radio transmitters and contain tear gas, grappling hooks, all kinds of neat little gadgets and things like that that are part of these these wrist bracelets, which at some point, I think in one of the stories I read, they each weigh 20 pounds. So that's pretty awesome. So if she wants to just wreck somebody, she just takes those off and just punches like at crazy speeds. (laughs) Her fingers uh, on her gloves and her feet contain microscopic suction cups that allow her to stick to normal building surfaces and glass. She also makes use of automatic weapons and knives as needed, but she doesn't like guns, but sometimes she has said that, uh, that they are necessary. She speaks fluent Russian, English, French, German, Chinese, and many more languages. How does this multifaceted and incredibly mysterious super spy come into play, and how did she get created? For that, we go into the archives. While we think of Natasha Romanoff as the first Black Widow, one character actually held the title before her. Sort of. Claire Voyant, yes, you've heard that right, Claire Voyant, a.k.a. Black Widow, was a psychic medium who becomes Satan's ambassador, literally that's what it says in the comics, after being murdered. Yes. Wait, 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 what, what? This isn't Marvel. Oh, but it it? is. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, it's, I'll get into what, no, I'll just say it now. It was published back in 1940 and by Timely Comics, which became Marvel Comics. Okay. So still technically within the Marvel realm. But yeah, so she's a psychic medium. She's murdered. She becomes Satan's ambassador. Her job was to kill evildoers, helping the devil gain their souls in a quote-unquote timely manner. The character was created by writer George Capitan. I'm hoping I pronounced that right. And artist Harry Saul. She made her debut in Mystic Comics issue 4 in 1940. Like I said, by Timely Comics, which later became Marvel Comics. Now, you're probably asking yourself, what does Clairvoyant have to do with Natasha? What does Clairvoyant have to do with Natasha Romanoff? <laughs> See, exactly. You were thinking it already. I was. Uh, you want to know the answer? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. This okay. character has nothing <laughs> to do with Natasha Romanoff, aside from a, being called Black Widow. Just a fun, uh, super Jeopardy fact for you, Black yep. Widow heads mm-hmm. up. So now when your friends are like, who's the first Black Widow? You can say clairvoyant and you'll be right and they'll be wrong and you can laugh. But aside from that, nothing to do with Natasha. We, we love to bring in those weird facts about characters and creators and their stories, how they came to be. It was so hard to find any information about the creator's really working on Natasha Romanoff. I, yeah, it was, it was a little bit difficult. That's why we started this off with clairvoyant. <laughs> but anyway, Natasha or Natalia Alianova Romanova or Natasha Romanoff was created by editor and plotter Stan Lee, writer Don Rico and artist Don Heck. Now we've already talked about Stan the man Lee in our Spider-Man issue going into depth about him. 
So let's focus more on Don Rico and Don Heck. Don Rico was born in Rochester, New York by Italian immigrant parents. At the age of 12, he received a scholarship to study drawing through the University of Rochester at the Memorial Art Gallery. He began penciling, inking, and writing story, comic stories in 1939 and became a staff writer under editor-in-chief Stan Lee in 1949 for, for Timely Comics. He would begin writing paperback novels in the 60s, and this is actually pretty funny. He didn't want his paperback novel publisher to know that he was writing comic books for less <laughs> over at Timely Comics, and so he went by the pen name N. Korok while he was working at Timely and, of course, at Marvel. Or actually, he went by N. Korok when it had changed over to Marvel because hmm. he only wrote three times for Marvel. He had written more for Timely, but under the banner of Marvel, he only wrote three. And it was Tales of Suspense 52, which <laughs> has a lot of significance to what we're talking about today, issue 53, and a Doctor Strange story in Strange Tales 129. Now moving over to Don Heck, he was born in Queens, New York. He studied art at the Woodrow Wilson Vocational High School and Community College in Brooklyn. He began work at Harvey Comics in 1949, which was about repurposing newspaper comic strips into actual comic book format. Don Heck was introduced to Stanley back when it was Atlas Comics. So, Timely, then Atlas Comics in 1954, and then later on it became Marvel. He penciled a very popular Avengers run from 1964 to 1967. He's also one of the co-creators for Iron Man, Hawkeye, and of course, Black Widow. Our issue-centric femme fatale debuted in Tales of Suspense 52, one of those three issues that we talked about earlier, in <laughs> April 1964. She was introduced as a Russian spy and antagonist of Iron Man, and would later defect the U.S. to become an ally member of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Avengers, and many other hero teams. Now, this character, while we were trying to think of interesting facts, some of it had to do with the space race that was going on during this time between the U.S. and Russia. So really about getting information from the other side, which is why a Russian spy trying to get in with the U.S. and find out all their information was kind of pertinent. Fitting, yeah. And it's also right after the Cold War. I mean, it, it, the Cold War is everybody's kind of thinking about that. It's on their minds. And it, it makes sense that these writers are like, oh, I know. Let's have this Russian spy that's, you know, kind of a, a femme fatale kind of foil for one of Tony's weaknesses, which is beautiful women. Yeah, which he openly admits in comics. Right. So, you know, it makes sense that that's a trope that that they would probably use. I'm surprised there's not more Russian spies that that were sort of heroes or became heroes or something. But, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, it makes sense that she was a creation of her time. Absolutely. So let's learn a little bit about the character. She was born as Natalia Alionova Romanova. She is actually rumored, although it hasn't been proven, to be a, a relative of the late Romanov dynasty, which that's, is really interesting. That's the crossover movie we need. We need yes. the, <laughs> the Natalia. And then what, what, was, what was that movie called? 
Oh, Anastasia. Anastasia. We need the Anastasia. The Dahlia Crossover story. Black Widow. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. We just created the most awesome water comic ever. Oh wow. Okay, I need to go back and watch Anastasia and see if there's any Easter eggs. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Okay. <clears throat> back. Okay. Uh, she has had many aliases. Uh, Anastasia is not one of them. Uh, but uh, originally in the very first appearance, she was kind of referred to as Madame Natasha. She has been called the widow, Nadine Roman, Natalie Rushman, which I think she used in one of the movies, hmm. Nancy Rushman, Mary Farrell, Nat, October, Laura Mathers, Black Pearl, Natalia Shostakova, the Russian Avenger, the Slavic Shadow, and the Red Death. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> some really cool nicknames over the years. I'm, dig- um, she's I'm featured- digging the Slavic Shadow. That's, yeah, the that's Slavic amazing. Shadow. Uh, she's had several costumes over the years. Her first was the Madame Natasha, which was actually um, like featured a lot of fishnets and a black mask. And she yeah. actually sported some black hair. Her first appearance, she did not have red hair. She had this sort of black, sort of a... Uh, uh, quaff uh, hair where she where she fought with uh, iron man and um later on it's switches to an auburn red hair and she kind of adopts a black bodysuit and we'll talk about in some of the issues where that happens it's kind of a cool moment later on she features a gray high collar suit sort of a, a pointed collar with a little spider on the lapel and short red hair. She, that's kind of her 80s look. And then eventually she goes back to the black bodysuit, um, which is the modern sort of look that she's kept for a while uh, with longer red hair. She's originally from Stalingrad, um, former USSR, but she's lived everywhere from Arizona, New York, and obviously various world locations. And in the comics, she has a lot of little safe houses that it's mentioned in some of the comics how part of her money that she earns from these jobs is is so that she can pay all of these uh, landlords of like all these little safe houses Uh and stuff. And a lot of them are people that she did something to, to help them. And they're like, Oh, here you can have a place. And it's a lot of them are like, you know, people, Russians that have come over that she kind of knew that they, they gave her like a, a basement room that she has stocked with like, guns and everything like that and and that's kind of cool so like no matter where she goes there's always like some sort of safe house Mm. yeah all over the world there's little black widow safe houses and stuff which is which is pretty cool she's had various jobs besides a super spy and assassin she's for a while was just kind of living as a socialite um in the 70s and hanging out with high society like rich people um at one point when she moved to san francisco she tried uh to quit the life and become a fashion designer so (laughs) you know they're why not yeah go for it she can she can kill people and design clothes that's cool um she has had many many affiliations over the years including avengers shield the champions the former kgb heroes for hire the marvel knights Mighty Avengers, the Lady Liberators, Secret Avengers, the Thunderbolts, which she was undercover, the Red Room Academy, uh, and probably many more. But those are kind of the main ones. Her supporting characters is kind of a a varied bunch. um, So we'll get through uh, some of these. The main one that we're going to mention for supporting characters is Ivan Petrovich, who is the soldier, Russian soldier that rescued and raised her and later became a trusted associate. He's kind of like her alfred 
to her Batman mm-hmm. um, is the best way to think about it because he grows up with her and he has this kind of cool, you know, gray mustache and he's sort of a father figure, but he kind of likes her, but they, yeah, no, he has a creepy, creepy, there's a creepy thing in one of the books that Lance will talk about, but Ivan is sort of, you know, her, her assistant and chauffeur and, you know, sort of trains with her and stuff like that in the seventies and eighties. Um, you know, so, so that's, he's in a lot of the early decades of a black widow. You'll see Ivan in some of those early storylines when they were playing around with like some of her solo adventures, um, in the seventies. There's also, uh, one of the characters that you should know about with black widow is Alexei Shostakov, who eventually becomes the red guardian. He was actually in a arranged marriage by the Russian government um, as he was a Russian test pilot, but they faked his death and they later brought him back trying to make him the Russian version of the, of Captain America. So they mm-hmm. gave him the serum. He becomes the red guardian. She finds out that he is still alive and has to kind of go through this whole thing. Cause she felt really guilty about his death. And then several times over the next couple of years and decades, you know, he comes back and then she, he dies and then she feels really bad. And uh, despite all of this, they actually, and despite having a arranged marriage, they actually had a pretty happy short marriage. So there was this brief period of life where she did actually have a, a happy marriage, um, despite ha- not having known this guy very well, but then he becomes, sort of a villain and, and they fought off with the Avengers with the red guardian. So it's kind of interesting uh, storyline for, mm-hmm. for that. If an early storyline, if you want to find out more about red guardian and red guardian is in the black widow movie. Yes. Do you think they're going to talk about <laughs> their past but, relationship? But I don't think red guardian is her husband, or at least I don't think that red guardian is, is going to be her husband. They didn't really. It's hard to tell from the trailers. Yeah. I'll be really interested to see if that is the case. Do you? Th- what if? What if in the film? Because we had already we've already mentioned it earlier with one of her powers, how she has slowed aging, and yeah. maybe he just doesn't. And so maybe they bring up know. the fact that she does have slowed aging. But yeah, I, it's going to be really interesting. Not to get into the movie right now, but yeah, it's 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 going to be really interesting to see what they do with it. Uh, especially reading all the stuff with the comics, I'm like, oh, are they going to do that? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. There's a lot of things. Anyway, yes, moving on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she's had many associations over the years, um, and some of these have been romantic entanglements with other superheroes. A lot but of not other all superheroes. Of them. A lot of other superheroes. Not to say that a lot of other superheroes haven't had. No. Other relationship with other superheroes, but for some reason, you know, they, they keep bringing up like, hey, she has a relationship with this person. Uh, one of the main ones that keeps coming up in the research is Daredevil, mm-hmm. Matt Murdock. She has a relationship with him, sort of associate, but in, ends up sort of splitting with him because, well, for two reasons. One, he found, uh, you know, another he found somebody else that he ended up getting more serious with. And although they did have a romantic relationship, um, Black Widow decided that she needed to distance herself because she was becoming sort of a sidekick to Daredevil Mm -hmm. and she didn't feel like that was uh, good for her image. Um, She also has had a relationship and is very close with Hawkeye, which is kind of mirrored in the movies. But uh, Hawkeye is particularly important to Black Widow because the relationship was originally is what caused her to defect to the United States and joined the Avengers early on before they started dating her, her 
trust in Hawkeye allowed her to do that. She has also had a relationship and been closely associated with Hercules. <laughs> yep. Gotta bring in her. Uh, so Hercules is a hero in the Marvel Universe. Quote unquote. I don't know a lot about him other than there is a hero in Avenger named Hercules. Yeah. So and she had a relationship with him when they were part of the what was it? Um, the the champions, mm-hmm. which she was actually leader of. She was she was the leader of the champions and Hercules was in a relationship. She also had a relationship with Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Now, this one this makes is, the most sense. This makes the most sense because it's revealed later on that when she was being taken care of with Ivan Petrovich, they were victims of a beating. And then with both of them were given a life prolonging chemical from Russian agent winter soldier. So when he, when Bucky Barnes has already become the winter soldier, he sort of saved their life. Now, later on in the 21st century, um, you know, Bucky becomes captain America. And during this time, um, Black Widow and and Winter Soldier or Bucky and Natasha or however you want to say it, uh, form their relationship again because he's come back and he's sort of become a hero again. So and then they actually start dating and and having a serious relationship. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of an interesting like they dated. I like they got serious and dated like a long time ago in the Mm -hmm. 50s. And then like all this time goes by because it's true love. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, so that that's a really interesting uh, storyline in a relationship as well. Um, she okay, I think that's that's the main stuff with like yeah. romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. She's also had associations with Captain America. Uh, Wolverine um, actually was one of her early martial arts trainers in the 30s because Wolverine is also, you know, has lived forever. So, so, and that, and you can go back in Wolverine origins and there's a storyline where he goes and is sent to like assassinate this guy in Russia. And he runs into someone that uh, is training with him, who is a young 10 year old Natasha Romanoff, which is really interesting. Obviously being a part of shield, she's had a relationship with Nick Fury. And the other big relationship is Yelena Belova, who is also known as Black Widow, who you're going to talk about a little bit later. So I won't spoil that. Major antagonists for Black Widow include Damon Dran. He's come up a lot, uh, also known as the Indestructible Man. Warlord Ka, Swarm, Modok, Doctor Doom. With Daredevil, she's also fought the Hand, Purple Man, Bullseye, and Mr. Fear. With Hercules, she has teamed up to fight Pluto, the Olympian god of death. Yikes. <laughs> I love some of these. Yep. <laughs> some of these. It's like, oh, you're you're a human that has like a little bit of like prolonged life, some strength. Yeah, you're going to go up against a god. Yeah, sure. Cool. With S.H.I.E.L.D., she's taken on, of course, Hydra, AIM, and other terrorist organizations. And as a member of the Avengers, she's fought basically every other villain. Yes, every villain in <laughs> uh, the Marvel catalog. Ultron, Magneto, Loki, Kang the Conqueror, Korvac, Red Skull, Captain America himself, the agent of Hydra who um, if you know, we've already warned you about spoilers, but uh, if you want to read the storyline where Cap becomes an agent of Hydra because of the cosmic cube and weird comic stuff, and uh, he has a major impact literally on the back of uh, Natalia's head. So (laughs) that's, that's something that happens. 
it's time we talk about that pull list. Let's talk about the pull list. There, there are a lot of really interesting storylines and issues with Black Widow. And in, in research for this, I was really excited because I've, I've read, you know, issues of Avengers and stuff, but I hadn't really read any of the solo stuff. And there's been a lot of different runs over the years, going back to some of the early stuff that happened in the seventies and where they, where they kind of featured black widow storylines and half the comic. And then the other half was the immortals, which was really interesting <laughs> pairing up. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. But I only read the black widow uh, halves and, and then there's, some solo storylines in the late nineties, which I think you read the itsy bitsy spider. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And then in the last two decades, there's been quite a few like little mini runs of, of black widow storylines. So I think for somebody that's getting into it, if you're like, Oh, go read the black widow storyline. You could be talking about four different things. So um, we're going to try to be specific Mm -hmm. with like, go read black widow. And then here's the name of the storyline that you should read. So, I think the first one and kind of the probably my favorite out of all of them that I read um, was the 2014 to 2015 run called The Finely Woven Thread. Um, There is actually continuing storylines. There's Tightly Tangled Web and then there's also one called Last Days. And this was really, really well done. This was probably my favorite art. It was my favorite um, storyline. I think it was just really well done. It has beautiful interior and cover art by Phil Noto, who has this sort of painterly kind of sketchy vibe, but it's 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 really decorative and and uh, minimalist and it's really awesome. Uh, The writer is Nathan Edmondson, and it's a really cool storyline because there's definitely been ones in the past where they they've made Natasha more sexual and they've, they've played up, you know, there's some obvious kind of gratuitous scenes Mm -hmm. where they're like, Hey, they're going to have her talking about the mission, but she's also changing. And it's like, yeah, it just feels kind of like, uh, you know, it's unnecessary. um, It's unnecessary, you know, and, and and this, that never really happens in in this particular storyline. It's all about her. It's all about her past. It it has some quiet moments. It, It has some sad moments and it's really well done, but the action is really cool. And it just feels like a really fun stylistic. It has a very distinct style, which is what I really love about it. The coloring is, is really cool. It's very muted and, and, but, but at the same time also like it pops a lot. There's, there's some really cool uses of color with like, you know, when the emergency lights go on, everything's red and um, it just, it feels like an action movie, but it feels like a really smart action movie from like, the the colors are almost like watercolor in in some ways. So Phil Noto, I, I I'm like, I, I love his stuff now. It's just uh-huh. it's incredible. Yeah, there's a there's a guy in the finely woven thread, a villain. This guy with this like big beard. He's this giant dude, and his 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 name is the Hammer of God. Oh gosh. <laughs> and he's he's got like a rail gun on his like attached to his body with like grenades and like, he's got this real gun. He's is he just, Russian? Yeah. This massive okay. dude. And so, and, so it's like a play on like their hammer and sickle. Yeah. 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 Just this large tank of a dude uh-huh. villain that he, that she fights. So that, that was, that was probably my favorite. What's, what's one of yours for the pull list Lance? So I'll start with, um, deadly origin. Now this is, it's a really good story. Um, that, well, it's a, 
it does a good job at breaking down the history really behind Black Widow. So you get to learn a lot about the Red Room. So that origin, you get to see her relationship uh, with Ivan, how she was raised. You get to see how she's had relationships with different heroes along the way. It goes in depth about talking about her time with Bucky. It talks about Red Guardian, Tony Stark, Hawkeye, Daredevil, and Hercules. And you get to see how those relationships have really affected her, how they've motivated, how they've motivated her to change or to um, kind of pivot in her career path, and the the overall story, I'll say, isn't the greatest, uh, be, just because there's. Uh, the stuff with with Ivan in the storyline, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of. He's he comes off as a as a super creeper, whereas in yeah. other storylines, he he's more of like you talked about earlier, kind of that Alfred type. He's the supporter because he helped mm-hmm. raise her. But in the storyline, yeah. it's about how he's basically been obsessed with her since she was a kid, and that's weird. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of weird stuff going on there, and how. In the storyline, Natasha has become infected by like these, these like nanite things, and she's been infecting the people that she's had relationships with. And if they get activated, they turn the people crazy, and basically, hmm. either they start killing or they get killed. And she has to go through this uh, time of finding kind of an antidote, and she has to go around and and be around them in order to for them to take and then no longer be a danger. But it's it's really cool to in the beginning to really see all that history, but then it kind of boils down to Ivan's a creeper and he turns himself <laughs> he turns himself into essentially like a cyborg robot, like fakes his death and then there's a fight between her and him on a space station. Yeah, it's it's a what the <laughs> it, it gets weird. But the beginning I really enjoyed just because you get to see those relationships, that development. Um and yeah, it's it's interesting in the beginning. If you want like a super weird story, read Deadly Origin. You'll enjoy the beginning and and maybe the end just kind of gives you a laugh. It it's not I I don't feel like the end that Kind of jumps the half. shark. <laughs> it it jumps like a whole a whole pool full of sharks. A whole pool of sharks. Um, yeah. Eh, gotcha. Yeah, but all right. If you well, want to laugh, finish it. If you just want to learn some info about her, read like the first half. The next collection uh, I'm going to recommend, which is called "The Sting of the Widow," and it's actually a collection of several books. It, it collects the first appearance. That uh, Tales of Suspense number 52. So if you want to have that sort of like, oh, I want to be able to read that issue. But it also collects Amazing Spider-Man number 86, Amazing Adventures 1 through 8, and Daredevil 81. So those, these are kind of like, like early key. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, it's early key appearances and sort of like the, the really early like Black Widow essential reading. So obviously her origin um she's barely in the issue. It's, it's a, it's an Iron Man featured thing and she's come to assassinate basically him or find out more information and ends up like having this whole, like, you know, crisis of conscious and everything like that. But it's, it's her first issue and you get to see like her black hair and her crazy fishnet, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And and even, you know, in classic Stanley, you know, it's like, this is not the last time we'll we'll find (laughs) out about black widow and you know, Oh, what's going to happen. And you know, I love that stuff like Uh that. 
Um, the Amazing Spider-Man is really interesting. Uh, number 86, because it's she's in New York and she's living as a, as a socialite. But she's like, I'm going to get out there and like re reinvent myself. And so she finds spider. She's like, I'm going to find Spider-Man because I'm going to maybe I can redo my powers to be sort of like him. And I want to find out what makes him tick and like and what where, where he got his powers, essentially. So she's like tailing him. And this is during when Spider-Man storyline, uh, he's sort of like losing his powers, like his, you know, his stress level is causing him to like kind of have these little flashes of uh, of blacking out and stuff like that. You remember mm-hmm. that? You know, like it, they kind of did it in the yeah. movie a little bit. Mm-hmm in the second movie where he's like losing his powers. So she's like, Oh, I want, I want to get close to you. And then he has a spidey sense. And she's like, Oh, somebody's attacking me. And they end up fighting a little bit. And she is basically kind of like kicking his butt. And then he eventually gets the better of her. But, but she's studying all this stuff about him. And she actually models in her wrist bracelets, the, uh, the, the grappling hook line, you know, after Spider-Man um, after, after that, that design, which is really interesting. And so th- there's panels, you know, in, in some of these, these, these adventures, the amazing adventures run where she's like zipping kind of like what Spider-Man does it, it, you know, and she's like flying through the air, you know, on this like retractable line goes, bzz, bzz. <laughs> and it's, it's like, okay. And you don't see that later on, like in more recent storylines, but early on they were like, oh, let's make her a Spider-Man clone, like sort of. She has that same sort of thing. Um, that's that same. She was very like spider themed, which I thought was interesting. But I'm yeah. I'm wondering if they backed up on that because of Spider Woman and like other female spider themed heroes that came out later. And they were like, hey, let's not let's make Black Widow not as much of a spider. Theme. Yeah, we, we already got that going for us. Yeah. And then the uh, the amazing adventures part of that. What is not particularly great. Like I said, you know, the, the, it's it's done in the 70s. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, the, the Amazing Spider-Man number 86. The other kind of main thing about that is that's the first time that you see her in the black bodysuit. So oh, she that's cool. you see her like sketching it out again. Fashion designer background, of course. And and she sketches out the uh, outfit and then she makes it. And then then, you know, you see her putting it on and 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 then she's like oh now i'm i'm in the swing in 70s and this is more modern with this black <laughs> you know bodysuit and and so she it's like the first appearance of of that um, which is interesting so when she goes into these little solo adventures which again were paired up with like the immortal storylines which is interesting um she's in new york and she kind of is doing like little solo adventures uh ivan is in these storylines as that sort of chauffeur and and she's going around and she fights or she finds this like local kind of youth gang. And it, it's very based in the seventies, how there's like upstarts and people that are protesting, uh, you know, young Puerto Rican gangs and things like that. So it's, it's a little bit dated, but it's also very relevant to like what's happening currently in 2020 with protests and riots and like, you know, minority representation. So it was, it was kind of weird re- reading this. Cause like all the stuff that's happening in the news and I'm just like, what year is this? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, but it's, but it's, it was also happening in the seventies. And uh, so she finds this group that's sort of like, you know, there's, there's people that, you know, mob organizations and, and criminals and ends up being this really ridiculous villain. So she's fighting this guy called the astrologer who has a purple sort of robe on and a As big yellow chin beard. And, 
<laughs> little moons and stars on it. Yep. And he's, you know, pretty par for the course for 70s Marvel. But uh, <laughs> that's that's who Black Widow fights. Uh, but it's for the social justice. That is what she's doing it for. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend this for the quality of the storylines. But if you are a nostalgist and you want to find out some of Natasha's um, early adventures, definitely check out The Sting of the Widow. Not the best quality stuff, but interesting from a historical standpoint. Nice. My next suggestion is going to be Black Widow Marvel Knights, but specifically um, the beginning of that that run is a storyline called, or I guess it includes this in, in the printing, the Itsy Bitsy Spider storyline. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the story where we get introduced to uh, Yelena Belova, and it's a really interesting dynamic because there is this drug or really the, kind of this, this uh, toxin that's going around, and when it's dropped, it makes all of the people, it, whoever is affected by it, to basically go on a murderous rampage, and, and it basically steals their life force while it's happening. So think of you're trying to, you want somebody to uh, kill another very specific person. You infect this individual, they kill the other person. And then the person that did the murder also basically uh, becomes mummified. It's, it's pretty creepy looking in the storyline. It's, it's basically a way for them to clear out large groups of people if they want to, or even just a few. Uh, And, the storyline is basically uh, Natalia has been sent by the Americans to ret- retrieve this uh, drug and or this toxin, and Yelena has been sent by the Russians, and they're both trying to bring it back to their respective country, and goes along through it. You find out that Yelena was also trained in the Red Room, and that she has surpassed Natalia's marks whatever that would mean from their time there. And basically Natalia's like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything out in the real world. So come at me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's a fun story. You get to see how kind of on the top of her game uh, Natalia is. And she really, she looks like she's on the ropes a few times, but it's all planned by her, which is really interesting. And it's it's about her more or less manipulating the people around her. And at one point it looks like she might be a double agent and a lot of stuff is going on it in there. But it's fun to see the two Black Widows kind of duke it out. But in reality, yeah. one of them very much has the upper hand. And and we know that Yelena Belova is going to be featured in the new movie. So I'm wondering if they're going to pull some of that relationship or, you know, she's kind of a somebody that is her equal maybe, or just like kind of a a friend, but also a potential bad guy or, you know, so it's, it's an interesting relationship that they're going to bring that into that, that history of the red room and, and some of black widows past. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see what they choose to adapt and then what they really do with it based on the trailers. Cause they're kind of hinting at quite a few things. Let's take a little break and then we'll be right back.
Hey everybody, you've heard us talk about our host site, The Geekly Grind, before. Well, now there's even more to geek out about. We're proud to announce The Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Right now, the network features three geek-centric podcasts. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, featuring weekly episodes about anime and manga from Viz and Funimation. Knights of the Roll Table, a funny and family-friendly D&D role-playing adventure with original homebrew settings. And Comic Book Keepers, where myself and my friend Lance talk about one comic book hero, villain, or team, one issue at a time. The podcast you're listening to right now. We're also on the lookout for other geek-centric podcasts, so if you know one, or make one, be sure to tweet us at The Geekly Grind and let us know about it. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for geeking out. Hey everyone, we just want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. We have a lot of fun making these, and we hope you enjoy listening. The best way to support us is to leave a rating and review. A five-star rating goes a long way on Apple Podcasts, and a review about what you liked about the episode does so much more. We'd love to learn from you. We hope you enjoy the show as much as we love making it. And check us out on Twitter at CBKCast using the hashtag CBKCast with your what-if ideas or any questions or comments about anything we discuss in the show. We're also on Instagram at CBKCast. Comic Book Keepers is hosted by The Geekly Grind. Stop by The Geekly Grind for all things geeky from comics, anime, and manga to board games, video games, RPGs, and more. Take a break from your weekly grind at The Geekly Grind. And don't forget to check out the composer of our theme song, Arcane Anthems. Our good friend Weston makes royalty-free music for tabletop role-playing games, campaigns, streams, and podcasts. You can check out his amazing work at Arcane Anthems. And you can also download his free music on Patreon at Arcane Anthems. Okay, let's get back to the issue. My next recommendation is going to be a storyline from 2010 called The Name of the Rose. It's Black Widow Name of the Rose. This was done, written by Marjorie Liu, and the art was done by Daniel Acuna. And this was a really interesting storyline. Um, also, probably my second favorite in terms of like the, the writing. It was done having a lot of love for the character, and I think Marjorie Liu really shows that she respects Black Widow as a as a character and as a woman um, because it goes into her past in the sense of like before she even became um, a superhero or a super spy. And before she was kind of taken by the Russian, you know, government and everything like that, she had a relationship and she had, was going to have a child and, and the child, uh, she had a miscarriage and the, the woman that helped her, deliver this baby um she felt this sort of responsibility to to take care of her and 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 she has continued to take care of her over the years including her daughter and her granddaughter uh, and they live in this remote uh, isolated place in russia and you find out all this in the in the storyline and uh, it, it's a really heartwarming but there's a lot of really good you know obviously spy aspects to the story but um the other reason i really like this is because at the end of the first issue it has this great recap of all of these uh 
all of these collected storylines and basically the story of Black Widow from when she's young and from as, as she grows up and becomes a member of the Red Room and working for S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and then becoming a hero. And, and it kind of goes over a really nice recap of all the different like storylines um, and, and kind of re- has some recommended reading and stuff like that, too. So it's kind of worth it for those like four uh-huh. or five pages alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also the storyline is very well done and it's it's fun like there's appearances by wolverine and um uh bucky uh you know captain america's in it during this time she has she's in the relationship with him um there's a whole thing where they did this a lot with black widow where it's like oh she's she's been selling secrets about the heroes and and you know the the government's like oh you guys got to go stop her and and they're like well uh-huh. we can't do that because we trust her and it's it's hawkeye and cap bucky cap and and iron man and they're like we're not going to do that and they're like okay we'll do that but then bucky goes after her but ends up helping and um the art style is pretty cool again it kind of treats her with a lot of respect you know there there's it's done in this sort of kind of like almost cell shaded kind of way um very cool art style uh, a lot of good lighting and everything like that. Um, she has a really awesome fight with Electra in the third issue, oh, which cool. is 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 awesome. <laughs> it's just it's a uh, probably one of my favorite sequences where they just go like head to head, and you're like, yeah, like assassins. Um, she faces off against Lady Bullseye and has this really cool like they don't even they don't even move. They're just sitting across each other from the train, but they're playing this game of like chicken of like, are you gonna fight? Are we gonna fight on this train? Like and. <laughs> I won't spoil it, but it, it there's a really cool moment where uh, Natalia Natasha gets the upper hand, and <laughs> as has it just shows how cool of a spy she is. Like she's she's been planning this, you know, potentially like somebody coming after her. Yeah, but you should read this because yeah, it's it's I, pretty awesome. There's yeah, this whole sounds, sequence where I want to she gets captured and 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 uh, is naked and like strapped down in a meat locker and she like she ends up like breaking out of the, the binds and like hooking this kid. It's, yeah. it's like it's just like yeah, oh my i'll God. need to read that one that sounds awesome yeah so name of the rose really well done uh, i definitely recommend that it's it's short enough uh you can collect the storyline um and that's a really fun one and, and i think just worth it to find out a little bit more about her past and it goes into one of the big mysteries of, of black widow for me going into this was she keeps on mentioning, like I have to atone for things. It's, it's never enough. I'm, I'm trying to live up to these terrible things that I've done. And I'm like, well, what are those things, you know? And, <laughs> and then it kind of mentions in this one, it gets a little bit more into like why she feels so guilty and what she's doing to atone for those things that she's taking care of all these people. And like, it has some cool stuff about one of the supporting characters is her, her agent, who like books are all these assassination gigs, but he's also doesn't do doing a lot of her finances. And he's like, um, you need to like, if you didn't have so many places that you were paying for, and she's like, I have to, like, I have to do this. You sell some property. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Like kind of uh, normalizes the crazy lifestyle that she has. So that was name of the rose. I'm going to mention one more, which I just read today, which the the, the last one I'm going to mention is called homecoming. This was a Marvel night storyline. It's black widow homecoming fairly recent 2017. Uh, it was written by Richard K Morgan and the art, main art was done by Bill Senkowitz um, and Goran Parlov, who did layouts for some of the issues. 
colored by Dan Brown. So this one I kind of like because it has a really interesting storyline. I'm not as crazy about the art. If you've seen Bill Sinkowitz's mm-hmm. uh, artwork, which he's done a lot of really cool stuff. He did some really cool stuff in the past for Marvel. With the New Mutants, right? New Mutants. Uh, I want to say he did uh, Nick Fury. Now I have to look it up. New Mutants, Moon Knight, Electra. Yeah, his Moon Knight's sick. I don't think it worked as well. I, I just, it was a little too rough and it's, you know, sketchy. It almost looks like unfinished, but I know that's his style, yeah. but I just don't, I didn't like it as much because I think you need that sort of stylistic, almost cleaner look to it. And I don't know, some people might like it. It wasn't my favorite in terms of that. It kind of grew on me though. I mean, I, after a while, I was like, it didn't bother me as much, but early on it's, it was like, oh, this is weird. Mm-hmm. But the storyline is really interesting because it it forces Natasha, who is in retirement at this point. She's like, oh, I'm I'm in Arizona. I rock climb. And then somebody's seeking her out, trying to trying to kill her. And she obviously puts him down. But then she looks into it and she finds out that all of these other Red Room former agents have been killed all over the world. And then she's like, OK, what's going on? And basically it's the Russian government trying to like wipe out all of these former black widow agents. And she goes back and goes back to Russia and, and starts finding all of these clues about, you know, what happened to her in the past and, and what she thinks was part of her past was she was actually brainwashed and given this, you know, uh, aging serum and everything. So it's, it's, and it goes into more of her past of what actually happened and why she's lived the way she's lived. And, everything like that. And it talks a little bit more about the um, black widow program and that she wasn't the only black widow, which sets up some things for more recent storylines, I think as well. Mm -hmm. So the art is kind of hit and miss for me at least, but if you like finding out more about her storyline, definitely check out black widow homecoming. And I I will just say the, the art for that story, like, I think you're right. I I don't know if it fits for black widow, but his stuff for New Mutants and Moon Knight are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's it's totally like character dependent where it fits. Yes. But but I totally get what you're saying. There's a lot of there's a lot of art that's like that. I mean, there's a couple of storylines that I, I wish we had more I had more time to read. There's there's a whole storyline called Web of Intrigue, which was done in the eighties that was uh, George Perez and you know, it was scripted yeah. by Ralph Macchio and, and really? not Ralph Macchio. Like uh, God, the, the karate, karate kid, <laughs> <laughs> the, the scripter and co-plotter <laughs> George, George Perez. Um, and it's very eighties Marvel, you know, and it, it kind of goes into that. So that's another one. Like that would be probably be fun to read from a nostalgia standpoint, some of the earlier stuff. So she, she has a lot of stuff. She has a lot of storylines that, that have been out there. Um, and I think some of the more recent ones, especially, the name of the rose and finally woven thread and, and stuff like that are, are probably some of the best ones because they, they pay her a lot of respect and they really tell a good spy storyline, uh, sort of Jason Bourne esque, you know, mission impossible, you know, kind of feel to it, but have a lot of respect for her as, as a character. So, and not just like in, in an exploitative way, absolutely. you know, which yeah. you gotta, you gotta ride that line. Mm-hmm. You do <laughs> um, as a super spy. All right, now that we've talked about our suggestions, we want to talk about our grail find. So normally in our issues, when we have a grail, meaning a 
book from our collection that we really enjoy, something that not necessarily has to have a lot of monetary value, but may have a lot of personal value for us. Now, Chris, for Black Widow, do you have a grail find? I do, and I believe it's the same one that you have. It is the exact same one. (laughs) Which is uh, Uncanny X-Men number 268. The storyline is called Madripoor Knights, and it's a Wolverine and Captain America storyline um, where they find a young Black Widow, and it has a iconic Jim Lee cover with Black Widow, Wolverine, and Cap in their classic um, outfits, and it's it's just such a cool it's, cover. The poses are and, great, and this yeah, cover has been redone so many times for variants because sure. it's so iconic. Yeah, and and the storyline also in interior it's it's uh, written by Chris Claremont, cl- you know, classic X Men uh, writer, and the uh, pencils were done by Jim Lee. So I think that was one of my favorites because I was going back and getting some of the X Men stuff before the um, you know some of Jim Lee's X Men stuff when I was getting into it before the the first uh, new X Men storyline came Where out. Was connecting the 90s. covers, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I want to get all of those things and like Extinction Agenda and everything like that. So I got this issue. So, oh, that's amazing. And and I think it was the first thing that I ever read that had Black Widow in it because I, I wasn't reading a lot of Avengers at that time. X-Men was kind of one of the first Marvel books I got into. And I was like, who's this? You know, yeah. <laughs> and, and I didn't really think much about it at the time because it, it shows Black Widow when she was younger in world war two. And I was like, that's interesting, but I, but it's an interesting kind of like, they definitely had this plan of like, she's been around for a while. And, and then it flash forwards, the storyline flash forwards to a more recent um, storyline where I think it's like, it's not Wolverine, but it's, it's like Jubilee and (laughs) some, some of the more at the time, uh, more recent X-Men, you know, like rescue black widow, (laughs) but Jubilee's in it. Uh, and um it's kind of fun so but yeah it's 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 a really fun uh, definitely cool artwork and just an amazing cover and that's one of my favorites yeah it's it's one of those that if you're if you're an x-men fan or a jim lee fan you you want that cover just it's it's amazing uncanny x-men 268 is this love agent romanoff love is for children i owe him a debt Tell me. Before I worked for S.H.I.E.L.D., I, uh... Well, I made a name for myself. I have a very specific skill set. I didn't care who I used it for. Or on. I got on S.H.I.E.L.D.'s radar in a bad way. Agent Barton was sent to kill me. He made a different call. And what will you do if I vow to spare him? Not let you out. Oh, no, but I like this. Your world in the balance, and you bargained for one man. Regimes fall every day. I tend not to weep over that. I'm Russian, where I was. And what are you now? It's really not that complicated. I got red in my ledger. I'd like to wipe it out. Can you? Can you 
wipe out that much red? All right, let's talk about adaptations. Now, Lance, yep. um, Black Widow has been in a lot of stuff. Yes. But, you know, oddly enough, not a lot of stuff that feature Black Widow. She has been in a lot of things for Avengers. She's been in a lot of stuff for S.H.I.E.L.D. She's been in some stuff, video games, animation, uh, you know, tie-ins, cameos, things like that. The, the first thing that's going to be featured for her alone that is an adaptation mm-hmm. is the Black Widow movie. And yeah. I and I hope it's the first of many things. I hope that we're going to see a lot of, you know, Black Widow merchandise and Black Widow, you know, like an individual, like it would, I'd love to see just a Black Widow cartoon, mm-hmm. like on its own, like where she's yeah. the main character. I would love that. Voice, but... Voiced by Laura Bailey. Well, <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> right. So, so let's talk about the movies first of all. Um, so, what I found out that I didn't know about was Lionsgate actually made an early attempt at bringing Black Widow to the screen in 2004 with a script from David Hayter, who wrote X-Men, X2, and was the voice of Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. What? I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a little side note. But yeah, David Hayter, the writer of a lot of really cool movies, is the voice of Solid Snake. Jeez. Like he also acts. Oh, yeah. uh, he just He just wrote like... <laughs> the two films X-Men and X2 that pretty much made superhero films blow up. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Lionsgate dropped the project. Uh, <laughs> Boom. They were like, sorry, David Hater, It's not good enough. <laughs> yeah. Pick up the um, pace, David Hater. Yeah. So, the, so when the Marvel cinematic universe was being created with Iron Man and Cap and Thor, uh, obviously they, they, they had the early, building blocks of the Avengers and they had to have black widow as part of that. So, uh, Scarlett Johansson was not the first choice. It was rumored, although never really confirmed that Emily Blunt was courted for the role. Hmm. And it's interesting because she has had recent negotiations with Marvel again to possibly play other characters and storm, please who that could be. Sue storm. Um, Sue storm. Yeah, please. That's the rumor, at least. Yes. And John Krasinski, Mr. Fantastic. Let's go. (laughs) That that, that would be cool as well. Let's go. Okay, Um, we'll see. Hopefully. Um, But with the cinematic universe, uh, obviously, it was inevitably that Scarlett Johansson uh, was cast as uh, Natasha Romanoff. They went with Natasha, not Natalia. But uh, who played Black Widow in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe in the MCU, making her debut making her debut in Iron Man 2 in 2010, including the upcoming 2020 Black Widow film. She will have played Natasha in nine movies, wow. um, including That's... the little cameo at the end of Captain Marvel, where they show Captain Marvel showing up. Mm-hmm. So, but like actually playing her and all those different things. So Scarlett Johansson, and, and I love that in every movie, she looks a little different. Mm-hmm. Like they definitely played up this, like she has to change her look, yep. you know, because she's a spy and she has different looks and everything like that. And I'm really <laughs> interested with this, you know, the Black Widow film, which we haven't seen yet. And when this, this issue is coming out, it'll probably be around when it's going to come out. But it's interesting in, in Avengers infinity war and some of the stuff I've read about, you know, her look is she's wearing this like green flak jacket and she has blonde hair. And you know, when, when, when infinity war came out and black widow had blonde hair, I was like, what's, what's that about? Like, Mm -hmm. that's, that's interesting. Like, why did they do that? 
And and then, you know, and uh, Endgame came out and she, her hair was growing out and it's red and it kind of like red and blonde. She had that kind of like dual hair color braid thing. Um, but she has this in Infinity War, she has this uh, green kind of flak jacket kind of thing. Now, in the trailers of the Black Widow film, you can see Yelena Belova has the same green flak jacket. Yeah. In mm-hmm. some of those shots. Yeah. And she has blonde hair and it's like. Okay. okay what what's going on why what is that and so i've read you know some i've seen some really interesting rumors and and speculation and stuff about like the 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 natasha that we see in infinity war on is actually not natasha but it's actually yelena yeah and natasha's still alive and like all of this stuff or natasha it is natasha but she did that as sort of an homage to uh you know to Yelena because it's after civil war, but, bef- but before um, infinity war. So we'll see. I, I think it's really cool that if that's all true, mm-hmm. they're like, they plan this out and everything. So we got a face face off situation swapped fun. Yeah. Fun facts. I, I, I know that there's going to be some big twists because there has to be, it's black widow. She's a spy. So anyway, that's movies. Black widow has appeared in uh, what I counted was 12 animated appearance appearances in single animated episodes, movies, and various specials. Some of these include Avengers earth's mightiest heroes, various Lego Marvel superhero specials, the superhero squad show where she was voiced by game of Thrones Lena Headley, Ooh. which is kind of fun. That's cool. And Avengers assemble where she was voiced by the lovely and talented critical roles. Laura Bailey. Yeah. Laura Bailey. <laughs> It won't be the only time that Laura Bailey has voiced Black Widow. In video games, she has appeared 25 times in various video games and apps. Um, There's a whole bunch of these on Wikipedia if you want to see the complete list. But obviously, like any Avengers game, she's in like an Avengers game. A teenage version of Black Widow appears as a playable character in Marvel Avengers Academy, where she's voiced by Allison Brie from Community. Super cool. <laughs> which is kind of fun. Also may be joining the MCU soon. We'll see. Uh, Black Widow is a playable character in Lego Marvel's Avengers, voiced by Scarlett Johansson. And Black Widow will be a major playable character in the 2020 Avengers game, voiced again by the lovely and talented. Laura Bailey. Laura Bailey. All kinds of toys and action figures and merchandise have come out um, with Black Widow, but I would say the, the merchandise specifically, besides the action figures and stuff, obviously that's going to happen. But in terms of like individual Black Widow merchandise, it's kind of fairly something recent. Um, and I and I'm glad that they're doing stuff like this because like I noticed Target in the last couple of years has had a a push and, and, and you know some of the you know, stores like Hot Topic and things like that. They're like, we need more like Supergirl, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. Black Widow. Like we, we need stuff that's that's got the female heroes on there. And and like I was happy to go to Target one time and see a little Black Widow shirt I could get for uh-huh. my my daughter. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, it's like got a classic Black Widow cover on there. That's and fun. It's kind of fun. So so I I, I, I want to see more stuff like that. I think that's cool. I mean, I, I, I love seeing all the Spider-Man and Hulk and Cap, but I also want to see the representation of of the female um, superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also been young adult novelizations and comic novel adaptations uh, featuring Black Widow as a main character. So they're definitely out there. Um, there's a lot of stuff that she's been in, but I'm, I'm hoping for more solo Black Widow, not just cameos and appearances. Mm-hmm. One, one adaptation that I want to mention is, uh, if you haven't seen it, you need to look it up. 
It's uh, when Scarlett Johansson was hosting SNL a few years ago. Oh, yes. They did the <laughs> yes. Black Widow a sketch yes. where it was like a trailer for her solo film. And it uh-huh. is so funny. It's really funny. Yeah. yeah it's it's it good. so well done. It's like a romantic comedy. Yes. Uh-huh. And she's like this quirky <laughs> person that works at this office. And it's <laughs> because there was all those worries that if they made that yep. film, that that's what it would turn into. And so they just made yeah. the trailer that way. The scary thing is, is after that uh, came out, I I can't remember what it was for, but there was another... Um, like pseudo superhero female uh, show or movie that was going to come out. And the trailer was eerily similar, but it was trying to be serious. Oh, weird. And I'm kind of glad I don't remember what it was because I don't want to put another show on blast for <laughs> being like that. But <laughs> it, it it was so funny. So if you haven't looked it up already, Black Widow trailer, SNL, you're welcome. What, what? what? Yeah. So we finally made it to the section where we have our what if, which is where each issue we do at Nerds Do Best, we take a premise, we expound on it regarding that week's subject with our fever dream concepts just for about the comics that we love. Now this week, we wanted to do something very centric, obviously, on Black Widow, but her being a spy, it's really, it's interesting to see what we really go with, and because she we know that she has that like slowed aging. She's a little bit faster, a little bit more agile than the average human being, a little enhanced. But we wanted to give her a, a superpower. So it really is, what superpower would you want to uh, give Black Widow to really enhance what she already does? Now, Chris, yes, Black Widow was was hyped up and souped up. Like, if, besides just the slow aging, like, what would we give her exactly? What did you come up with? Well, I'm going to go with, I know yours is probably going to be more creative, but I'm going to go with the obvious one, which is um, the shape changing ability like Mystique has. So as a, as a super spy and as somebody that's probably a, a master of looking like different people, but like being able to like actually change um, her physical appearance to look like anybody and sound like anybody like Mystique does, you know, um, I think would be amazing and, and just kind of flow, you know, seamlessly into her spy lifestyle. So I'm going to go with shape changing and morphogenic ability. Okay. Yeah, that definitely fits. Um, I, I wanted to kind of lean into the spider component, but obviously there's so many female spider heroes. <laughs> I don't want, her to have just that spider-like agility, any of that. Um, but I started to think uh, what might lend itself to her her world building, like her being a spy. And I thought of, at first I was like thinking about like a pheromone, but it, I was like, no, it should be something a little bit more specific. So within her um, nails, I essentially want them to have the ability to work as, I don't want to say like syringes, but they, if she were to uh, like stab someone with her nails, then she couldn't or scratch or scratch. Yeah. Even if she just scratches them, she can, like in, a venom. exactly. She could inject a type of venom, but it would be a 
mind-altering, like, memory-altering ability. So she scratches them, and then she would be able to tell them, like, what's actually happening. Or, um, with, but it would have, like, a limit. Like, it wouldn't be, like, you think you're a tiger, and then they're like, I'm a tiger memory. Like, you know, it, right. would, it would have to be... <laughs> it's not a psychotropic drug where it's, like, you can do whatever... I, I tell you to do it's it's like she has a limited focus for that exactly so maybe like a 10 to 15 minute limit to where she can scratch them she can tell them like something else is going on or just because she's so quick like her interactions aren't going to be this extended um, timeline it's about getting in getting out not being mm. seen but in the chance of somebody yeah. seeing her and catching her it can be scratch you were meant to go do this over here and they're like I was meant to go do this over there so it's kind of like yeah. Like a Jedi like trick, but it's through like a toxin that she would have been, been injected with or uh, that right. could go along with what happened in the Red Room. And that's very like Black Widow-esque in the sense of like the spider theme, you know, mm-hmm. like they're, they've they got an incredibly uh, toxic venom. And in the, in the um, Homecoming storyline that I mentioned earlier, like there is a scene where she seduces this guy and then she gets she has him on the bed but then she like hey i'm gonna inject you with this stuff that i made this kind of like uh but it's it's like a combination um hallucinogen and truth serum so she he sees her and it shows his point of view and it shows her and then she like sort of turns into this demon and then all of a sudden Uh he she turns into uh his mom oh gosh (laughs) And, and and it's like now, honey, you need to tell the nice lady what what we need to know, or else I'll come out. You know, it's, it's oh sort of like her gosh. face splits up, and and it's it's really cool, like Bill Senkowitz kind of like that was like yeah, whoa, that would, that okay. would work. Yep, that's that's the nightmare fuel right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's and it's the stuff that she gives him, and it only lasted very quickly, mm-hmm. but it's that was a cool a cool thing. It was like oh, that would work really nicely with this, but I like that idea of of um, you know being able to inject somebody. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let us know uh, if you have any ideas for the superhero powers that you would give to Black Widow if Black Widow actually had some sort of distinct superhero power. Use the hashtag CBKCast and let us know what your Black Widow superhero power would be that you would give to Natasha Romanoff. That's it for this issue of Comic Book Keepers. It's time to close the book on Black Widow. So until next time, this is Chris. And Lance. Reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer. Closer.